Another edition of the Borders Extra Podcast following Tuesday night's loss by the Purdue basketball team at Iowa, 70-55. It wasn't... uh, It's kind of a sluggish night for the Boilermakers. Offensively, and against a, a team like Iowa, just that hasn't really proven over the long haul that it can play defense. But I think you give the Hawkeyes a little bit of credit tonight for for uh, playing a little bit better defense than they have uh, in past games, and particularly against Purdue. Uh, Purdue has figured out a way to score against them especially last year, hitting a bunch of three-pointers at Mackey and then uh, really getting on the rebounding out in Iowa City. But uh, Tuesday was a different story. Um, You know, Iowa was uh, probably as active as it's been defensively um, against Purdue in recent years and probably as active as it's been all this year uh, against you know, against a quality opponent. Now, Gonzaga burned them for almost 100 points, but that that's Gonzaga. Purdue doesn't have that kind of firepower. But I, I guess the, the one, you know, several disappointing things, from, just from Purdue's standpoint, uh, is that, you know, you, you come off the Notre Dame game uh, with just six turnovers. Granted, not a lot of pressure from Notre Dame, but you felt going into this game that, Iowa wasn't going to pressure you as much either, just because that's not who they are. That's not what they do. And uh, and Purdue had turnover problems uh, once again. And you know that I, I it, it, at a point now where you're just going to have to live with those turnovers, and you're going to have games like you have against Notre Dame, where you have six or seven, and your offense is going to look really good. Then you're going to have games. Like tonight, where you have 14 or 15, and your offense is not going to look any good. So, that's just who this team is right now. They're going to have to learn to play through those turnovers and try to be efficient uh, offensively. Uh, It's hard to do when you're turning the ball over. You can't be as efficient. Uh, And that's just something that this team's going to have to figure out. Um... And sometimes you're going to get pressure and turnovers are going to happen. Other times you're just going to throw it away, which, you know, I think most of Purdue's turnovers tonight were were unforced, at least half of them, because Iowa was only credited with, uh, excuse me, six deals. That's what happens when you try to do one of these things at 1.30 in the morning. Um, But Iowa was credited with six deals, so... um, you know, more than half of Purdue's were were unforced or offensive fouls, uh, illegal screens, uh, things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to let the season play out a little bit here and see if this is really who they are. But I think we've seen enough of the sample size uh, from Purdue that this turnovers are, turn, turnovers are going to be a problem for them. Uh, it's just the bottom line. Uh, you know, Notre Dame was the kind of the outlier. It appears it will be the outlier of this season. And probably uh, 14, 15, 16 turnovers uh, 
might get a little bit lower than that, but that's going to be the norm. And Purdue, I, I just think that this offense is going to have to learn to uh, somehow generate efficient production while still dealing with the turnovers. They'll have stretches, and when they have stretches where they don't turn the ball over, they are pretty good offensively. But when, you know, like early in the game, they had two quick turnovers, which I think led to easy baskets for for Iowa. So this is something they're going to have to manage and work through and see see how they can remedy this situation because um, they're going to, I mean, obviously they're going to face better defensive teams than Iowa and there are two, you know, I wouldn't throw Maryland into that category, although, you know, Maryland's going to be really athletic on Friday, but the two teams they got next week, Rutgers at Illinois, they love to get up in your shorts. I mean, they love to get up in your grill. And you know, do their defensive business that way. And you know how you know how's Purdue going to handle that on the road? Two games on the road at Rutgers in Illinois, where the defensive pressure is going to be cranked up pretty high uh, against against Purdue. You know that's that's what that's what that's what is awaiting them. And you know we've we've talked about the tough stretch they got. They've just started, starting with Iowa. Actually, started last week with Ohio State, but the tough stretch that they were getting into. And, you know, for this team, you know, it's about just keeping their head close to sea level and, and coming out on the other end in, in okay shape and giving yourselves a chance to, you know, to, to kind of hang around there in the middle of the pack, maybe make a move a little up, but, you know, you don't want to sink any more than you know what you need to which means you got to take care of your home games in this in this first stretch which the home games are Maryland and then Nebraska coming up you know get those two they've already got one home game against Ohio State you know get those two that's that's three and then maybe try to steal one of these road games to, to put you at 500 in the league um, but that's you know that's that's the way the league is that's the way the schedule falls kind of getting ahead of ourselves doing big picture stuff and there's more about this game uh, uh, to talk about you know the other thing offensively that that struck me tonight you know Purdue is really good was really good against Notre Dame because a they didn't turn the ball over but B they had contributions from a lot of different players um, and tonight, they didn't have well first of all they had the turnovers which slowed them down a little bit but they also didn't have you know across the board contributions from everybody yeah everybody but um i think everybody well one player scored or maybe everybody scored but the point is um you know saturday against notre dame you had eric hunter jr you had sasha stefanovich um, you had Mason Gillis. You had a handful of guys that were that were on their game offensively tonight. You really didn't have anybody uh, on their game offensively. And I know this is probably going to sound weird and strange, but Purdue's, I think, I think Purdue's greatest strength offensively is its balance. But also believe one of its weaknesses is its balance. 
because they don't they, they don't I mean, they have a guy. They have a guy or two that would be what you would call the alpha dog, the you know the guy that you're going to go to in the cl- you know in the clutch who's going to carry you. And Travion Williams would fall into that category. You know, Sasha can do it from the three point line. Eric Hunter has has shown he can do it, uh, you know, from the mid range or getting the basket. But you know, that, that's what they. I, I felt that's what they needed tonight. I felt they needed someone to kind of put the team on their shoulder and carry them offensively. And it can, it, it can be a whole host of guys. And again, the balance, I think, is their greatest strength. But I think tonight their balance uh, was kind of their greatest weakness. Because I, yeah, I don't know if they were standing around waiting for somebody to do it. Uh, um, which, I, you know, I don't think that was the case. But there's no... There's no player that's identified as, okay, that's the guy that's going to get us out of the jam. Um, and the other thing, I, I think what hurt them tonight, and it's not, you know, it's not meant to be a negative, uh, a big negative, but, you know, they really didn't get any help uh, from from some of the newcomers that you, you would expect. You know, Jaden Ivey, I think, was 0 for 4, uh, seemed really out of sync. Uh, we've talked about Ethan Morton. I just don't think the, the kid's going to be right this year. Coming off mono, uh, anything they get out of him, I think, is, is going to be bonus. Uh, I think we're going to have to wait a while to see what Ethan Morton can do. Uh, I, I, I think he's a very talented player. Uh, I think he will be a really good player at Purdue. But it, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, I just think he's got too much to overcome with the, the mono. Uh, and then just trying to find a spot on this team in rotation. Um, uh, but I think, you know, obviously better days are ahead for him. But, you know, you didn't get anything from Jaden Ivey. You didn't get any, anything from Ethan Morton, which you know, I, don't think you, I don't think you expect that now. Um, you really didn't get a whole lot of, out of Zach Eady. Uh, you know, Brandon Newman uh, ended up with eight, off, or eight defensive rebounds. I mean, he hit his first shot, but then he missed his last six. But I thought defensively he was a liability uh, tonight. Uh, he got backdoored a couple times. Uh, yeah, I thought the, you know, there were there were some stretches there, whether he was on the floor or somebody else was on the floor, where they didn't look very good defensively. They they seemed out of whack, out of sorts defensively. Um, got lost, um, and of course there were a few times where they were just late getting out on on Garza. I mean, you could see, there, there, I know there was one time in the first half where Garza kept handing it off to a guard, and then he would get to his spot at the three-point line, and then the guard would throw it back to him. You know, he was, then he wasn't really open, but you knew what was coming. You knew what they were trying to do, and Purdue left a little bit of opening for Garza, and he fired up a three-pointer. Um, but, I mean, you, you knew what was happening. You knew how, what they were trying to do, and... Um, you know, Purdue was late getting out on him a couple times. Um, he's a he's a really I mean he's a really fine player. He's, he's a great player. He's probably the nation's best player when you get right right down to it. But he he did what I thought he would do tonight. He got 22 points and nine rebounds. That's that's kind of what he does. Uh, some games he gets lesser competition or better, and he'll have bigger he'll have better nights in the in the in the Big Ten. But you know, Purdue kind of. That's 
that's a to me that's a win for Purdue's defense when he only goes for 22 and nine. I know that sounds odd, sounds strange, but that's a win anytime he you hold him to that or you limit him to that. I don't really like the word use the word hold because so much of giving credit for defense is based on points scored and guys just don't hit every shot. They just don't. Uh, layups are missed and all that. But, um, you know, Purdue did a decent job on him. They, you know, they, they didn't they didn't challenge, you know, they could have challenged him more. But he's a good player. He's going to get his. That's just the way it happens. But I thought the key for Iowa was uh, Joe Wieskamp, where when Garza went out for got his third foul in the second half. I think he stepped up. I think he scored five points uh, in a stretch there. Uh, it, I think he scored five of his ten second-half points in that stretch that uh, took an eight-point lead made it 14. And One of the plays of the game, and we have no idea if it would have happened or what would have happened if, if a turnover didn't happen was, and I'm sure you remember it well if you watched the game, you know, Sasha Stefanovic is part of a 3-on-1 break and he tries a behind-the-back pass uh, in the open court. He um, gets picked off. You know, that would have cut the lead to six. Probably forced Iowa to call a timeout. But they go down and score, and then they score again, and all of a sudden the lead is 14 and Purdue's a bit demoralized, even though they did come back later in the game and got it within seven. But... That, that was a moment, and you get so few moments on the road against a team like Iowa that, boom, it just kind of went away. Um, and, you know, Matt Painter has preached and preached and preached about keeping things simple, and that was not a simple play. That was, that was and to, to, to Sasha's credit, after the game, he acknowledged it was a bad play on his part, and... Uh, you just got to move on. But those are plays you can't have in that situation. And you, you definitely can't have those plays from an upperclassman who has experience. Uh, and really, Sasha Stefanovic is the last guy on the roster. Well, maybe not the last guy. He's the last guard on the roster that should be trying a behind-the-back pass. I would expect that from Jaden Ivey. I would expect that from maybe Eric Hunter because they've done it before but you know that that's a that was a that was a horrible moment to even try that pass um, and uh, again you don't uh, and I'm not saying it cost them the game but it, it prevented them from getting within six and maybe and maybe you know it's a it's a much closer game the rest of the way and you know Purdue maybe got maybe has a chance to knock off Iowa but um, you just can't have that and Painter has preached simple, 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 and then they go out and do stuff like that, and that's uh, that's bothersome because you just you just can't you can't have that from one of your upperclassmen, one of your leaders, and I you know I think Sasha's one of the leaders. He's one of the stronger leaders. He's been more vocal. He's stepped up. Uh, there's been a couple games where they needed that vocal leadership, and he's come through. Um, you know, it's more about than it's more than just hitting three pointers, but. Um, I was, you know, that, that, that was not a, that was not a good play. And, uh, um, that's something that you just, you just don't want to see again. 
in that situation uh, because it just it just can't happen. It just can't happen. But anyway, uh, Purdue uh, Purdue drops a 15 point decision to Iowa. Um, you know, Purdue had its moments where it was close, um, and I'd like to know what who what team is going to hold Iowa to 70 points the rest of the way, or what team what teams you know is Iowa going to score 70 points again in the game, or are they going to go over that mark in every game? So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens in that regard. Anyway, Purdue's back in action um, coming up on Christmas Day against Maryland at Mackey Arena. Uh, first time. Um, first time the program's played on Christmas Day. Uh, this will be the first time I've covered an event on Christmas Day. Now, I've been... I've been places. And I've been... Like, to bowl games over Christmas Day. But I'm, I don't believe I've ever covered an event on Christmas Day. So this, I think I've now, now this will uh, make covering an event, a sporting event, on every single holiday there is uh, in the world for me. So I got, I guess I got, I got that going for me. Assuming I can make, I can make it to Friday, and Santa's good to me by then, which he probably won't be because I probably haven't been good. Uh, but a- after that, then, as we said, mentioned earlier, they're at Rutgers at Illinois. You know, hopefully in the next week we can uh, w- put a final ribbon on the football season recap, uh, what went wrong in football, what to look forward to, you know, you know why why another change on the defensive side uh, with, with coaches and coordinators um, and try to, you know, maybe hash some of that out too as we get closer to – uh, the beginning of uh, 2021, which we all hope is a better year than what we've all experienced here in in 2020. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. Uh, Purdue drops 70-55 to Iowa, fall to 1-1 one one in the league, back in action Friday against Maryland on Christmas Day. Uh, we'll be back with a recap of uh, what we saw in that game uh, later, later that evening. Until then, have a good day and uh, happy holidays.